Good morning, church. How are you all doing? Um, it's great to see so many of you, um, and it's wonderful to have you, and you've made a great choice to be here, whatever the reason you decided to come, but it's great to have you here. Um, and it's a privilege to be able to speak this morning. Um, we continue our series on the truth about. Um, this series has been going on for probably about four or five weeks now. Um, and we've had some great sermons and services where we're learning more about truth um, in certain things. Um, and today we continue our series and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, in fact, we are covering the Holy Spirit tonight as well and next week um, because the topic and the subject of the Holy Spirit is so broad and so vast um, that it'll be impossible for us to cover it in one week. Um, and even three weeks probably isn't enough, but hey, here we are, um, and we're going to keep, keep working through it. Um, and as I said, we're talking about the truth about the Holy Spirit, and I guess it's somewhat of a given, but I think it's important that we start out by stating categorically that in, in Hope Church, we believe in the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, yes, it's the truth about the Holy Spirit, but I think it's important that we state that so no one's um, unclear of the fact of whether or not we do. Here in Hope Church, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We also believe that the Holy Spirit is God, okay? Um, and so I guess by extension of that belief, um, we believe that the Holy Spirit, um, and we believe in the Trinity, which basically means we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? And so what we believe then is that they are three distinct persons, yet one, all right? Um, Naturally, that's not something you can get your head around, um, but to be frank, there are some things in God that you just have to accept that are true because um, it's not something you can get your head around how three separate people, it's like Barry, um, sorry, you've got three guys on the front, it's like these three separate people with their own identities that you can identify them, but yet they're one person. It doesn't work naturally, but we have to accept the truth of God's word, that that's, that's true. Okay? Um, another thing I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit appears throughout Scripture. Okay? Um, and so, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That's Genesis, the first book in the Bible, chapter one, the first chapter of the first book, and verse one, the first book of that chapter. All the way to Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, chapter 22, which is the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. And in verse 16 and 17, it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things. Um, for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say come. So there again we see the Holy Spirit appearing at the end of the Bible. And I can assure you that if you read the Bible, you will see the Holy Spirit all the way through. Okay? And it, I guess that I'm saying that to highlight the importance that we understand who the Holy Spirit is and how he works. Okay? Um, Another thing that I want to start out by saying is, if you're a Christian in here today, you have the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, and you have all of the Holy Spirit. 
And I state that because from time to time, I've heard or you hear people pray a prayer um, which, with as much grace and as love as possible, can't be answered. It's a wrong prayer to pray. And it's a prayer that says, God, give me more of the Holy Spirit. Okay? That prayer, if what you mean by that is there is more of the Holy Spirit for me to get from God, is a wrong prayer to pray. All right? Um, And so, because when you're saved, all right, it's not as if the day you become saved, you get Holy Spirit starter pack. All right? So it's just, you get like a small smidgen of the Holy Spirit. And then five years down the line, you've, you've, you've lived the way you should live. And so, okay, you get intermediate, start, in, intermediate Holy Spirit pack. It doesn't work like that, okay? When you are saved, you get all of the Holy Spirit. And so that's important because I think for us as believers and Christians, we need to understand the power that is within us. All right. All of the Holy Spirit, all of the power of God lives within every single one of us. And what that should do is impact the way we live our lives. Because if we live our lives from the perspective that we know all of God resides within us, that will dictate and change how we operate on a day-to-day basis. And so if you're a Christian, you have all of the Holy Spirit. You have all the power that was in Jesus lives and resides in you. That's amazing if you think about it. Think about all the things that Jesus did in his life and in his service on this earth. And Jesus says, and the Bible says, all that power resides in you. And so what that should do is change where we start. We don't start from a position of being defeated. We start from a position of knowing that we have power because God gives us power through his Holy Spirit. All right? Um, And so... When I hear people say, God, give me more of the Holy Spirit, what I, what I like to believe they mean is, God, I want to see a greater manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Um, and by manifestation, it basically means that I want to see more of the work and the power of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. And that is a fantastic prayer to pray. Because it's saying, God, I want to see your work in and through my life. I want to see your work here on this earth through the Holy Spirit. Junction. Um, but sometimes a problem is that we don't hear and we don't see. Because a truth is, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. And the Holy Spirit is always active. The Holy Spirit is always moving. And so if we don't see the Holy Spirit or we don't hear what he's saying, the problem isn't that God isn't speaking or God isn't moving. The problem is that we, for some reason or another, haven't perceived what he's doing or heard what he's saying. And so that's where we need to make an adjustment because when we hear the Holy Spirit, we need to respond. When we see what he's doing, we need to act in accordance with what God is doing on the earth, whether in this place or in your place of work or wherever we see the work of the Holy Spirit. So a little story, okay? Um, When me and my wife got married, my wife, fat man at the back, um, our house didn't have a lot of stuff in it and so... Unfortunately, we had to spend a lot of time in Ikea. Um, like, sincerely, I was going to say I hate it, but it's probably a bit of a strong word, but I despise Ikea. Um, the meatballs are great, don't get me wrong. Um, I'll go for the meatballs all day long, but for walking around Ikea, I just I can't do it. Because like, 
It's always busy. They shepherd you around this path with these random doors that are unmarked as really to where they lead you to. And so, and then you also get like this odd person with a trolley and the rest of their family going in the opposite direction to you when you're trying to get through. And it's like, it's, and I, yeah, I don't like it. Um, but when we got married, we, we did numerous trips to Ikea, okay? Numerous trips to Ikea. And it'd be like, oh, um, on your way back from work, do you mind? I'm like, <laughs> yes, love. <laughs> um, but it really wasn't, it wasn't pleasurable at all. But anyway, on, on one occasion, I ended up getting this um, cabinet, like a little stool. And obviously, as, as you do, you get your flat pack from Ikea with your instructions that make you feel like you know how to do DIY. Um, and so I skim it, I skim read it, because obviously a little side table has six sides, right? Four, four round and two on two top and bottom. So I'm like, yeah, obviously, I, I know how it goes together, because obviously I, I know the way this thing works. So I skim read it, make sure that, that yeah, I've got, I've got all the bits that I think I need. Um, and then I get to what is like instruction 18 of 22, and I'm like, Ikea have got it wrong. <laughs> I'm like, how's this massive organization that probably pay people like 50 grand to design this thing, how have they got it all wrong? So I was proper ready, looking, get on internet, customer services, how do I ring them and complain? And then I thought, wait, before I do that, let me reread the instructions properly and see where I've gone wrong, or, sorry, see where they've got it wrong, and, and where I've got evidence to prove that, that they've got it wrong. And so lo and behold, right, as I reread the instructions properly, from number one to the point at which I got, which is probably about 18 of 22, I find out that it was user error, shock horror, right? <laughs> and so a little bit of humble pie, but what I find is that the problem wasn't the instructions that were given. The problem was in my hearing or my perception of the instruction that was given. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 5 through to um, verse 15. Um, that's the Gospel of John chapter 16. And we'll read from verse 16. Sorry, verse 5. Um, it should be on the screen, but if it's not, I'll... Give you a couple seconds to find it. It's in the New Testament, if you don't know where it is. Cool. Verse 5 says, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Just a quick note. So Jesus is saying to his disciples there that it's beneficial for you that I go away. But why is it to your advantage? He's saying, because if I go, I can send the Holy Spirit to you. Now, that might not completely make sense if you don't understand what's being said there. You see, the word advantage there means to bring together or collect together so as to bring a profit or a gain. So what Jesus is saying is, when I go, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you, he will bring together 
all of the Father and the Son and all the power that is within them and that will reside within you. You see, to a greater or lesser extent, Jesus was limited on the earth. Why is that? Jesus was holy God, absolutely, but he was holy man. And on the earth, he lived not from his deity, but from his humanity. So what that meant was that whatever Jesus did where he was, he did it in the power that God gave him. But that meant that if he was here, for example, in, in Warrington, he wasn't in Manchester, all right? And so what that means is that he maximized every opportunity so as to be totally effective. And I guess in that is a, is a lesson in and of itself, yeah, that we should maximize every opportunity that God gives us so we can be effective here on earth. But ultimately, he was limited in what he was able to do. But what he's saying is, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you, the whole power of God will reside within you. So in this room, we have, I don't know, say 150 people, okay? And so what that means is, when we go from here, we'll all go our separate ways, right? Or there, thereabouts. And what that means is there are 150 places where the Holy Spirit can simultaneously be affecting the earth, all right? And that's what he's saying. Because when I go, it's to your advantage because the, everything of God will reside within you and you can live out the life that you're being called to live. And that's powerful, isn't it? Let's move on. Verse 8 says, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment because the rule of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, verse 12, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. But he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Even there we see the, the Trinity, right? Because we see the Father giving to Jesus and Jesus then passing to the Holy Spirit. We see the Trinity, three separate people working together. Now if we scoot back to verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So, Jesus, it's hot up here, man. <laughs> anyway, forgive me. I'm sure I look a mess, but it's all right. Um, now, the, the, the Greek word there for truth basically means truth in all things. The truth as it relates to all things and every situation. So what that tells me is that no matter what we face, no matter what the situation is that we find ourselves in, the Holy Spirit of God is there to lead and guide us into all truth. He will speak the truth and it's for us to hear he will show the truth that it's for us to see. But here's the problem, as it was in my issue with Ikea. If we're not hearing or we're not seeing, it's not because God isn't speaking or God is no longer moving. It's because we are not hearing what he's saying and we're not seeing what he's doing. Okay, so when, when we have pain in our body, oftentimes, what, what do we take? Yeah, painkillers, right? Okay, and so when we have pain in our body, and I'm, I'm not a doctor, so medical people, please don't 
slate me for, for this. Google's my friend in this. So if I got it wrong, that's, that's where it started. But what happens is when we have pain in our body, say I've cut my arm, okay? What happens is a message is sent from that, where that cut is to my brain to say that there's an injury or that there's pain, all right? And so when we take painkillers, what happens is that message that is being sent is stopped. Okay, so either at the source or where the cut occurred in the spinal cord or in the brain. For, for the most part, that's how most painkillers work. But what that doesn't mean is that there's no longer pain. Or, for example, if you sit weird, right, and then your leg goes numb and then you try and stand. It, no longer, it doesn't mean that you're no longer standing. But what it means is you no longer feel what it's like to stand on the ground or to walk. And so, in our lives, if we're not hearing or seeing, it means one of two things, okay? It means either one, we don't know how to see or hear the Holy Spirit, okay? Or two, and I'd probably say worst of all, we've turned off what the Holy Spirit is saying so many times that we no longer feel or hear what the Holy Spirit is saying or doing. And for some of us, the Holy Spirit has been convicting you of sin. It says it in that passage. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. The Holy Spirit has been convicting you of what you should and should not be doing, but you've turned off that prompting because you enjoy what you're doing so much that you'd rather go about what you want to do, um, how you want to do it. See, when I, when I coached basketball, I used to coach basketball um, at a, for a decent level, but the kids that I would be harshest on are the kids within whom I saw the most potential. And the reason I'd be harshest on them is not because I just want to pick on them, but because I can see that they're not living to the potential that is within them. In that moment or in general, they're not. I can see the, the gem and the, and the glory that's within them, as it were, but they're not living towards that. And you know, as Christians, we have this tension that we live in, right? When we're born again, we receive the whole Spirit of God and us, we're made pure and righteous and clean, but yet we're not what we will be on that glorious day when we're with Jesus, okay? And there's a process that we need to go through from where we are when we're first saved to where we'll be when we're with Jesus in heaven, right? And so there's a process and there's a tension between the two positions of what is now and what will be. And so the Holy Spirit is in us and he will convict you and he will prompt you. But it's up to you whether or not you take that prompting, whether you obey that instruction or whether you quash it, which basically means to ignore it and push it to one side. Or whether you say, I'm going to do that irrespective of what it feels like in the moment. And what will happen is if we choose to listen to that prompting, we will see that over time we become more and more like Jesus, which is that position that we all will be like on that final day. But you will see that over time, the things that you used to do or the things that you had a propensity to do, you no longer have that affinity for because over time, because the Bible talks about sowing to the flesh. It says, if you sow to your flesh, which basically means to your wants and your desires, you will reap death. But if you sow to the spirit, you will receive life. Now, what does that mean? Basically, keep responding to the things that you want to do when you want to do them. And what happens is, spiritually, you die. 
it might lead to physical death depending on the thing that you're up to. And that's not to scare anyone, it's just a fact. But if we sow to the spirit, which basically means do the things that God would lead us to do, whether that's reading your Bible more, whether it's spending time with the people of God, your spirit becomes alive and more powerful. Because we have this tension that we live with every single day. It's follow the leading of the, of the spirit or lead lives based on how we feel and how we want to do things. And if we continue to sow to the spirit, we will see that we grow in Christ and growing God, and more and more, we become like Jesus. But then, for others, it's not always about big sins, for example. For some of us, it's just about responding to what the Holy Spirit says we should do. For example, make that phone call. God drops someone on your heart, and you don't make that phone call. You think, oh, I need to call that person or send that text message, and you don't. For others, it's send that email. If you, you've got a business and you're thinking of something or an opportunity and God's like, do this, go for it, do this. You know, the Bible says that God gives us the desires of our hearts. That doesn't mean that the things that you really, really want, God will give it to you. It doesn't mean that. What it means is the desires that are of him, that are in your heart, God placed them there. And so if he's leading you and directing you, what that means is he's trying to bring out all that he's placed in you so that you can see the fullness of God in every area of your life. But we have to choose whether or not we respond to that. We have to decide whether we turn that off or we respond in the moment as he says it and see the fullness and the goodness of God. Like how many of us have thought of something to do, I don't know, maybe call someone, right? And then you put it off. And then 15, 20 minutes later, they call you and like, how come you've not contacted me? And you're like, if only I'd responded in the moment, this wouldn't have happened. Just me? Or have we all experienced that? But if we're Christians in here, I believe that it's the spirit of God that is saying, hey, Contact this person because there's something going on with this person that they need you to contact them. <laughs> Full towel, wicked. <laughs> I probably need it, I swear that much. Cheers, sir. Thank you, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, and you see... The Holy Spirit will guide us into the truth in all things. And the question is, will we follow the guiding of the Holy Spirit? That's the important question. Are we going to follow the guidance or is it better for you to stay where you are? Is it better for you to remain in your comfort zone? Because for some people, God is stretching you. God is calling you to certain things and it's more comfortable for you to stay where you are. But here's the thing, God knows who you will be. And so if he's calling you to something, he's already given you the power and the, the ability to do that thing. He may send people your way to stand beside you and to bring you along. But ultimately, if God's calling you, it's because he sees what is in you and what will be within you. But the question is, will you respond? Even now, I believe that there are people being convicted. And it's not me, it's not what I've said. It's the Holy Spirit of God that is convicting you. Is it behavior? Is it business? Whatever it is, I believe there are people in here that are being convicted. And it might 
be like I said, that you've, you've got a business or a ministry. And sometimes what the Holy Spirit will ask you to do will sound like the wackiest thing you've ever thought of. Like if you think about it and process it, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. But there are people and there are stories that I know where God said, stand in your room and declare something. And for most people, if you think about that, you'd be like, no, that's a bit dodgy. But when you follow it through, you see what God does in and through the lives of obedient people who will follow what he says when he says to do it. I know examples of that and it's always about obedience. You see, partial obedience is not obedience. Like, you can't do it when you feel like doing it because that, at that point, you didn't do what God asked you to do. You did what you felt like doing even though it somewhat aligned with what God said. When God says it, we ought to do it. Because he knows the timing that is right. So what are the things that I want you to know? Who the Holy Spirit is? Pure and simply, the Holy Spirit is God. I want you to know that if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit resides within you and all of the Holy Spirit resides within you. There is no more of the Holy Spirit for you to get, okay? And if you're praying that prayer, please stop. But if you're saying, God, I want to see more of you, then what's important is how we respond to seeing and hearing the Holy Spirit. Because the third thing that I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit is always speaking and the Holy Spirit is always moving. And that, those are facts that remain. And so what we need to do is learn how to perceive the work of the Holy Spirit and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Pure and simply... If you want to know what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like, it's in the Bible. And I say that because if you hear something and it contradicts what's in the Word of God, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. Okay? So if, if you hear a wacky example, but if you hear something saying, Jesus is not Lord, it was not the Holy Spirit. Because you will not find that anywhere in the Bible. If you're... If you're not used to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and, and, and you want to know what is the Holy Spirit and what's the difference between the Holy Spirit and your voice and your thoughts, that's the way you can test it. That's the litmus test. Will it stack up against what is in the Word of God? If the answer is no, it was probably your thoughts. But if the answer is yes, either you can see a specific example or the principle there is within the Bible, then you can have greater assurance that that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And over time, you will get better at realising and understanding what is the Holy Spirit and what is you. But ultimately, that's, that's our test. Because all of the, the Word of God was breathed by the Holy Spirit. All of it, okay? Yes, men wrote it. Their hands wrote it, but it came through and via the Holy Spirit. It wasn't, oh, this would be a good idea for me to write this down. It was, go and write this down, and they followed. And think about that, right? If those men did not make themselves available, would we have this resource that we, that we have in our hands? Obedience to the Word of God will produce wonderful things, some things even beyond your lifetime. But ultimately, God has a plan for all generations and you might be the catalyst for that thing. And what is important is, will you obey the voice of God when he leads you and when he directs you or are you going to do what is most comfortable for you to do? But 
But if you're a person who knows what the voice of the Holy Spirit is and you're accustomed to not doing what he would say, what I want you to do is become more accustomed to responding when he says and doing what he says, how he says to do it. Because there are times when it will be turn off the TV and spend time reading the word of God. You're like, oh, that's my favorite show. Pause it. Like, for the most part, we've got decent systems nowadays where you can record it and pause it and come back to it later on. Do that. Follow that simple leading of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes we look for massive um, things from God. God, give me a thundercloud that proves that this is the word of God. But that's not how God speaks to us. Oftentimes it's in the whisper. That still, quiet voice of God that says, go here, do that, respond this way. And, you know, like, when we respond, it's important that, like, there's character that, that, for example, if God says speak to someone and, and tell someone the truth about a situation, there are things about that that we have to then look into, for example, how we do that. In the sense of just because someone's living in sin doesn't mean you go up to them, you're out of order, you don't know it. Like, like you have to understand that there's certain character and there's a way to, to respond, but ultimately we have to respond and be obedient to what God is doing. Because it is possible, as we talked about earlier about painkillers, like at the end of the day, there comes a point in time where God will stop speaking if you keep turning it off. There comes a point. Yes, God is long-suffering. Yes, that is true. But that doesn't mean that we can go on ignoring the voice of the Holy Spirit, ignoring God and expect that he has an obligation to keep telling us and directing us where we should and shouldn't go. We have to respond and learn to respond. And as we learn to respond, we will see amazing, amazing things in God. And so, my final question to you is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Like, as I was praying over today, I really believe that there is a stretching of people that, is a, that needs to take place. People are coming out of their comfort zone, or at least God is calling you to come out of your comfort zone. And the question is, are you going to respond to that, or are you going to evaluate what God's saying and work out if that worked for you? It might be God said, go and go get to church and serve where you see a need. And what you did is you think, hmm, a need. What does that look like? Is it actually a need? How will I know it's a need? And then what you do is you miss the opportunity to follow the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. But I believe that there are people in here who God is speaking to. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Will you respond as he's leading you? Or are you going to turn away, ignore that voice again and again and again? See, the Bible says if, if, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. You see, when we hear the voice of God, we always have a choice. 
See, when it says, harden not your heart, that basically means that you've made a choice to ignore it. And so what happens is your heart grows harder and harder and harder to the point where you no longer hear or perceive what God is saying. I pray that none of us in here get to that point, but that we can live lives of obedience where we see the fullness of God. He says, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. But if we don't follow him and lead him, how will we live lives of abundance? Not necessarily financially, but living out the life that God has planned for you. See, the Holy Spirit is there within us to impact our world, to impact our spheres of influence. And that's all the power of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides within us. And we have an opportunity to respond to what he's saying or to turn it off. And so I don't know what God's saying to you this morning. But if you have the opportunity to respond, respond and obey. I can't tell you what it will look like because it might not always be comfortable. It might not always be easy. I'm not going to get up here and say that it's going to be easy. It's not always easy to respond because sometimes it calls you out of your comfort zone. But ultimately, you will get a new comfort zone, which is doing what he says, when he says, how he says to do it. So that's what I want you to do this morning. Either learn how to hear the voice of God, which is, if you don't know, cross-check it with the Word of God and you will see whether or not it is the Word of God. Or if you know what the voice of God sounds like, respond and let God do what only He can do. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we come before you. We thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit that you've sent to be with us and to live with us every day. The same power that was in Jesus resides in every single one of us here if we believe in you and God I thank you that that creates an untapped well of, of opportunity and potential for us to, to experience in you and God I pray Lord that you will cause us to follow your leading as you lead in Jesus name Amen